You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured at CanadiansConnection.fm brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 263 of the Canadians Connection Podcast, and I'm very pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor of the Hockey News Montreal and the founder and president of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. And Rick, how are you doing today? You know, if our pre-shows um, have anything to do with, with the, the mood and, and the excitement that's going on in Montreal, um, this this is going to be an excellent show. We, we had so much to talk about in the pre-show. We've got so much to talk about in this episode and especially we have uh, 10 burning questions to talk about a little later. I'm doing well. We're... Um, can you believe it? We're we're halfway through the preseason schedule already, um, and uh, by next weekend that will be all wrapped up and done. We'll be looking at the start, the opening night to the 2023-24 season. Um, so why don't you tell everybody what we're going to be talking about today? Well, uh, here in the first segment, uh, we do have some games to talk about, so we'll get you started on that, followed by some roster news. We'll get into the Habs prospects a little bit, and in the segment, we have some hockey news along with some quotes from some of the players. In segment two, we have our 10 burning questions about the Montreal Canadiens for the 2023-24 season, so that's going to be a really fun discussion as well. And of course, in the third segment, it's the Have Your Say segment. Our Canadiens Connection question of the week is, who has impressed and who has disappointed you so far this preseason? We want to hear from you, and Rick, what's the best way for our listeners to reach out and let us know their thoughts? We have a text number. It is 5853-ROCKET, 5853-ROCKET. I'll say it one more time, 5853-ROCKET. Just text us 24 hours a day and let us know what you're thinking about, what questions you have, what questions you would pose to the players. Um, and we have our staff on site, so we can actually do that for you. 5853 Rocket, if you have a little bit more to say, and, and people discovered our email this week, it seems. We've got some um, long-form emails. You can reach out to us at hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. You can also reach out to us on our social media. Just make sure you're following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can check us check us out on our website, canadiansconnection.fm. 
So like I said, uh, we do have some games to talk about. Uh, make sure as the season goes on, you check out our comprehensive game previews and post-game recaps for every Canadian's game at THN.com slash Montreal. Going back to last Sunday, September the 24th, it was the red versus white game, the annual scrimmage. Uh, this is uh, to raise money for a charity, a bit of an inter-squad type deal. It was a sold-out Bell Center. And they made over $200,000, wow. so great job, everyone mm-hmm. in Montreal. That goes to the Montreal Children's Foundation. As per the actual game, uh, Team Red comes away with a victory, 4-3. to three. Um, Standouts for me, uh, Jared Davidson, of course. That's somebody that I'd love to see get more ice time. He seems like someone that can generate a ton of offense in the little opportunities that he's had. Uh, Matthias Norlander, a really a good offensively-minded defenseman. Of course, he's going to stand out quite a bit in a scrimmage for uh, his offensive capabilities. And, of course, uh, Nick Suzuki, who sealed the win with the shootout winner uh, at the very end to give Team Red the victory. Friendly game um, and a friendly crowd and, and uh, a win-win for everybody. It was a lot of fun. Um, and it, it was in a, you know, offensively minded game, There's no contact game. Uh, there was players that stood out. Um, and, and I'd agree with the ones that you picked, um, Matthias Norlander, kind of a Phoenix. Um, everybody had written his career off. Uh, he looked pretty good. Uh, and we told you last, if you've been listening to the Canadians connection last season, we were on the, the Jared Davidson train, uh, reporting regularly about him and telling you to, um, you know, mark him down, watch him if you could. Um, he's wherever he plays this season, whether it's Laval or he gets a call up, he is going to be um, a force, I think. Yeah, I should mention as well, I had the opportunity to stop by this game. Um, this is actually a really great event. Uh, you can get the tickets for like $10 each. So good opportunity for those uh, families to come out on a Sunday afternoon, especially with the price of what regular season tickets are nowadays so definitely recommend that and uh, i guess the nice uh, perk as well was getting a free bag of chips and a nice <laughs> can of coke so can't, can't complain that. about that yeah, yeah. but uh, after that uh, the, uh, the very next day that's when the preseason really began uh, the canadians have six games of in their preseason schedule this season and uh, starting on september the 25th the new jersey devils come to montreal and uh, they win four to two I have to say, not uh, the greatest performance coming from Montreal. Uh, Slavkovsky had a chance uh, in the top line with uh, Alex Newhook and uh, didn't really seem to stand out too much. Uh, Samuel Montembeau, uh, not the greatest game. Uh, he, he was all right, but a bit of a rough goal that uh, bounced harmlessly, <laughs> well, I thought harmlessly off the boards. Somehow gets past him. Not sure how that works, but I'm sure he'd want that one back. And then uh, Jakob Dobis uh, comes in to split the game. He makes 11 saves off of 13 shots. Montembeau called that goal the worst, one of the worst goals he had ever given up in his entire life. It was it was ugly. Better to get that uh, out of the way in preseason. Um, yeah, w- uh, there was a lot of eyes on Slavkovsky. Um, maybe kind of a bad matchup for him. Josh Anderson and uh, Alex Newhook, two speedsters. He had trouble keeping up in that game. Logan Mayu seemed to be everywhere in that game. Um, he stood out uh, quite quite often and, and creating chances and, and the offensive side of, of his game. Um, and uh, David Reinbacker had a, an uncomfortable start. He was uh, a little shaky to, to begin 
But paired with Caden Gooley, um, I thought he got better as the game went on. They got a day of rest in between before their next game, and this one was on September the 27th, and Montreal actually wins a preseason game. I don't believe they won one last season, so it's uh, nice that uh, the curse is now broken. Uh, Montreal gets four, Ottawa gets three. And let's be honest, this was not a very deep Ottawa lineup. Uh, they put in, uh, I guess, a few regulars in uh, Dominic Kubalik and uh, Matthew Joseph. But beyond that, it was a lot of big uh, physical goons that uh, didn't really make much of an impact on the game, let's be real. Uh, Slavkovsky did score, so uh, that was kind of a nice confidence booster, as he said uh, during the intermission. I saw him get one nice odd man rush after that, but again, uh, there's some uh, consistency issues there. Lots of penalties, 22 penalty minutes for the Habs, 18 for Ottawa. I don't think any of those were for a fight, unfortunately. (laughs) These were all just minors. Not great, and uh, what stood out to me the most was uh, the Habs' success on the face-off dot, Mm -hmm. winning about 63% of those. Especially Kirby Doc. You know how he has been knocked about his face-off ability. I think he was around 62% on the night uh, at the face-off dot. Uh, Again, uh, as you said, Ottawa's roster, um, there's A rosters, there's B rosters. This might be the C roster, uh, and and their their lineup was dotted with Zach McEwen and Mark Kostelik and Donovan Zabrango, all, you know, rugged kind of characters uh, that were um, taking their liberties over the night with uh, with the Canadians. Um, but uh, Kirby Doc, in addition to uh, his face-off um, success, I thought he was he was all over. The, he was dominant in, in this game. Um, and Kirby Doc, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Yuri Slavkovsky benefited from being with Kirby Doc. Um, I thought he looked much more comfortable. Um, it, it, yes, he got the goal, but but apart from the goal, uh, he he was uh, he was much more comfortable out there. Um, the, I, the one part we should mention, we'll talk about it later, is that Caden Gooley uh, was a late add to the to the game, um, and he uh, he played on the first pairing uh, in this one. Um, why did why are the lineups the way they are? You know the the uh, the Devils game uh, they sent a split squad uh, half half their squad uh, stayed home to play the Flyers on the same night that they were facing the Canadians so a little bit undermanned there um, the uh, the Ottawa Senators they had two games at home against the Leafs and they had their A squad their B squad at home to for their their fans so they sent the 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 C squad uh, on the road. And that seems to be the case, at least for the first three or four games of the preseason, that teams send uh, a pretty rough looking roster on the road. They keep their, their uh, star players at home. And uh, that was very much the deal last night, uh, Friday, September the 29th, uh, when Montreal faced off against Toronto at home again, and Toronto comes away with a two to one victory. Habs go 0-for-6 on the power play, and uh, not too many notes beyond that. Um, kind of a boring game overall. Uh, didn't really find that any, any Habs stood out to me personally. Yeah, it was um, yeah, it was a, a snoozer for sure, and, and that's unfortunate. The Canadians had a real opportunity, um, I thought, uh, given the roster that, uh, that was, was shipped to 
uh, to Montreal by Toronto. Um, David Alter, had, had our colleague uh, with the Hockey News, had um, just looked at the salaries um, for the, uh, the the entire roster that were in Montreal on Friday night. He said there were just two forwards with an AAV over two million, and just two defense win with an AAV over one million. So you know, we're talking about um, you know most players being on the the NHL minimum uh and being being uh AHL players um it, i think one of the things that everybody was looking forward to was seeing Arbor Jacki um come against Ryan Reeves had a few you know bumps <laughs> through the game but uh uh, cooler heads prevailed, and and we wouldn't wanted to see anyone get injured in a meaningless fight uh, in the preseason. So the Canadians' record through these exhibition games is one two and zero, and that's better than last year, and might even be better than the year before that. Uh, please make sure you're checking out the Habs Notepad, Habs Headlines, and feature articles and game day posts appearing regularly at thn.com/slash/Montreal. Uh, taking a look at our roster news, and you hinted towards this one, but uh, Michael Matheson is out as a precaution. He was supposed to dress against Ottawa, but at the last minute he was taken out. It seems like a little bit of a weird situation, doesn't it? Yeah, we're told that it's a lower body uh, that's bothering him, uh, that he would have played the game if it was a regular season, uh, and that it's not related to the injury that he had um, last season. So I suppose that's good news. Yeah. Uh, the Canadians currently have 68 players on their training camp. And when are the cuts coming? <laughs> this, uh, these are, this is a lot of players. They started with over 70. Uh, I believe they cut four. And there's still like, oh, it seems like more than two rosters on this team. And we have Laval camp coming up pretty soon. So, Rick, uh, any idea when we might hear about these cuts? Well, it's bizarre. It's absolutely we've never seen this with with uh, two weeks in and and um, and sixty eight players. Uh, that's more than um, all the other uh, teams uh, even started with. We we're seeing cuts the the Capitals, the Flyers. The there there are down to about forty uh, forty odd players at this time. The Canadians have twenty extra. They have a whole roster extra of players at camp. Um, and Marty St. Louis said that that he just he knows what it's like uh, going to a camp without much of a chance, without getting an opportunity to play and being cut early. Uh, so he wanted to give an opportunity to everyone. Um, I think, you know, if the Canadian situation was different, if their outlook for the season was different, uh, if they were going to be a playoff team, if they were going to be a contending team, this would be a major issue because, uh, you know, every... Every single night, the the lines are in in the blender. The the defense pairings are are mixed up. Um, there's no opportunity, or there hasn't been so far, for uh, players to get comfortable. Um, and in the drills, um, we we've heard from players who say, you know, no, the coaches haven't spoken to me. We just haven't. Um, there's too many players for that to happen. Any kind of in, individual instruction. So this is a new approach, uh, uh, something Marty wanted to do. He's trying it. Um, we'll see how it works. But um, there has to be, after the Saturday night game uh, against uh, the Leafs, um, w- we have to see major cuts um, because, as you said, there's a Laval camp coming up. 
Yeah, I should mention as well that there are some players that haven't been cut yet that are on one-way AHL deals. <laughs> so to me, that's, that's a little bit peculiar that they are still sticking around. I'm all for giving chances to all the players, but uh, this might be a little bit too dramatic, no? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Jeff Gordon made some media rounds over the last couple days, and uh, he had an opportunity to talk about the state of the Canadians. Uh, this, there were a couple interviews, I believe, split up into some different articles. And uh, Rick, I'll uh, let you go ahead and give a nice summary about this. Yeah, I think that um, it' nice to see um, the the vice president of hockey operations uh, making himself available to the media, talking about. Uh, there's there's lots of questions going on, and, and we're going to talk about uh, the, the, the 10 most burning questions in the second segment, so stay tuned for that. Uh, there are lots of question marks uh, with this team and, and how it's all going to unfold, how the season's going to unfold, and, and uh, he was uh, making the rounds in the media trying to let uh, people know his views. Uh, there's been a ton of talk about uh, Slavkovsky, and, and it's unfortunate on social media that, um, you know, the, there's some people who, who rightly criticize him and, and are expecting more and others saying, well, you know, you, you weren't, we weren't happy with the pick anyway and you always hate him. And, and the, the conversations get silly. Yuri Slavkovsky, um, let's be honest, he hasn't looked like a first overall pick. He didn't last year. He hasn't so far in camp. Um he 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 looked much more comfortable in that second game. He got back-to-back games where he got to play, and I, I think that was good for him. It was great to see him score, um, n- not not because his his goal showed any uh, special skill, but but just to get that weight off of his back and and to see him smile and to see him comfortable. Um, Jeff Gordon knows knows what's been said about him. Um, he can't come out and say you know he's been fantastic he's been dominating he's been using his size he can't say any of those things so what he's talking about is giving being patient with with uh Slavkovsky and and he said listen I I'm not someone who goes out and asks for patience for everything for every player but um he was an 18 year old player arriving in Montreal everybody's got to relax um and and let him develop um I think you know, we agreed um, and and we're advocating that it probably would have made sense for him to spend some time in Laval last year. That didn't happen. Then the injury came in January. Um, and now he's kind of got to start again. Um, and uh, and it's going to take time to do that. He's not a Nathan McKinnon. He's not a Connor McDavid. He's, he's not a Connor Bedard. He's not a Jack Hughes, who we saw this week. Um, he's going to uh, develop in his own time, and I think that was the point that Jeff Gorton wanted to stress. Um, Jeff Gorton was asked for his uh, he which prospect in the NCAA and and in Europe that he was most excited about. Um, I I was expecting him um, to to say Lane Hudson. He didn't. Uh, his first answer was uh, Adam Engstrom. Uh, and talked about how well he's played. Uh, and then he went on to talk about the Russian players, uh, the goaltender, uh, Volokin, um, who, uh, you know, we, we didn't know a lot about. Um, Vinny Riondo found this guy, and, and uh, uh, so uh, Gorton was promoting him, and also someone who we featured last week, uh, Bogdan uh, 
Konyushkov, um, and he he was um, praising him, saying what a good start that uh, that he was off to this season. Uh, he was asked about the three-headed goaltender situation. We heard Darren Drager on the broadcast on Friday night saying the Canadians might be open to carrying three goaltenders at the beginning of the season. Um, it, Gorton didn't rule it out. Um, he said that there are other ways of dealing with their, the situation, um, but he didn't go any further than that. Um, he noted that J.F. Uhl is in his last contract uh, last year of his contract in um, Laval doesn't have a renewal yet that's something to keep an eye on for us um, how well has uh, JF will developed talent uh, in the previous years how well will he develop a ton of talent down there this year um, all that Gorton would say is we'll talk and we'll we'll sort things out the last piece of information little tidbit uh, that Gorton uh, touched on was the fact that he is now a deputy uh, deputy governor uh, of the NHL for the Montreal Canadiens. Who knew that uh, Michael Andlauer uh, was the deputy governor um, for uh, the Canadiens? And with his departure to Ottawa, a spot opened up, and that is now Jeff Gorton. So lots of very interesting tidbits in there. I feel like it was pretty spread out between a few different articles, but uh, we felt it was important to give a little bit of a summary of some of the things that Jeff Corden talked about there. So now I think it's a good time to get to our Habs Prospect Report. It's time for the Rocket Report. The Rocket Sports Media team is your premier source for information about the Laval Rocket the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens, as well as Habs prospects playing in the CHL, NCAA, and leagues around the world. Bookmark THN.com slash Montreal to follow our comprehensive coverage of Canadians prospects. So we've been trying to give a highlight to one of the Habs prospects uh, currently playing. As we know, uh, the Canadians prospects over in Europe uh, have their seasons underway and this week, uh, we'd like to shine the spotlight onto forward Alexander Gordine. Uh, he was the 171st pick in 2020. Uh, currently, he's playing in the VHL. That's the KHL's version of the AHL. And in 10 games, he's got about nine points. So a nice start to, to his season over there. Yeah, a really nice start. Um, and uh, a 22-year-old, um, as you said, 2020 draft pick, um, and um, this, over the last uh, week or so, um, he had six points in three games, three goals and three assists um, in, in that three-game stretch. And uh, so that gives him uh, nine points in ten games. That's, uh, that's pretty strong. Um, he's, um, I, I think he he's, uh, uh, has moderate skill. Um, he has a good shot. Um, and, uh, and he's a bit of an elusive player. So, um, as we said, we're, we're going to focus on, on some prospects one per week. We'll, we'll put the spotlight on them, um, and, and bring you names that, that you might not have heard of, uh, names that, that, uh, the mainstream folks don't like to talk about, um, and we'll focus on, on them. Um, I'm just going to refer back to, um, Bogdan Knushkov, uh, the, the, the player that we spotlighted last week. Um, and we talked about uh, how much uh, Igor Larionov, uh, the, the coach uh, for Torpedo, um, w- 
liked him and was using him um, in and around 24, averaging 24 minutes a game uh, for such a, a young player. He was taken um, at the, the recent draft uh, in the fourth round. Um, and uh, some comments came out this week. He did an interview with uh, TVO Sport, um, and he said, uh, I'm just going to read some of these quotes, Larry Anoff on Kanushkov. Uh, one thing is certain, he will become one of the best defensemen in the KHL. As for the NHL, he would be able to play there this year and he'd be pretty good. Okay. Um, and he said, "If, in my opinion, if I sent him to you today, he would be a key player for Montreal. I know the team. I know the players. I saw a few Canadians games last year and I know... Uh, for Bogdan, his skill level, his work ethic, his thirst to be the best player would mean that he would be effective this season. Um, that's incredibly high praise. Uh, he goes on to say that that uh, Bogdan's uh, skills are his ability to read the game, his talents. Um, his hockey IQ is very, very high. He knows how to deal with any situation. He never panics with the puck, and he's constantly finding the right option, the right solution no matter the circumstances. He's brilliant, and he's a good uh, person to have in a locker room. Yeah, very high praise coming from a legendary player. I love to hear that about uh, Kanushkov. This is a player that, like you said before, this is someone that we don't really hear much about in the mainstream media. He doesn't get a whole lot of attention. And if uh, Larry Hanoff is saying that this is a guy that could play in the NHL, well, I, I don't think we can put his theory to the test, unfortunately. But uh, you know what? It's very high praise, and uh, now I have a little bit of excitement about him. For sure. And and yes, we can't put that to the test because he has a three-year contract uh, in the KHL. I think the soonest we'd see him is the 26-27 season, uh, something like that. Mm-hmm. So as we mentioned before, uh, Laval Rocket training camp is coming up soon. And, uh, well, it's scheduled for Sunday, October the 1st. And uh, like I was saying, too, this uh, there's not uh, any cuts in the main camp. So I feel like those have to come soon. Otherwise, there might not be any players showing up to this training camp. Uh, the first preseason game that Laval has to play is uh, Thursday in Toronto. And interestingly enough, it's an afternoon game. Uh, Laval plays... Two afternoon games, one in Toronto, one in Mon- in uh, Laval, um, and both are closed to the public, um, which is interesting. Not something I'd heard of before. I, I asked our AHL guru, Patrick Williams, and he said it's just a cost issue, um, not, um, you know, uh, it costs money to, to, to uh, open the doors, and, uh, and so they've decided to have those two games closed to the public. Uh, so what you're going to want to do is make sure that you're uh, following um, Amy Johnson, um, Chris, uh, Chris G, and and uh, making sure you're you're heading to thn.com/slash/Montreal for the game reviews uh, for that for those uh, preseason games that Laval will be playing. Yeah, and I'll say it again. You can find all the content about Canadians prospects in general at thn.com/slash/Montreal. And coming soon, uh, find the best English language coverage of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League at THN.com slash QMJHL. We're very excited to get that started. Do you know what? We're going to, we're going to, we've been begging them to, to cut, not, not 
we don't want to see anybody cut, but it makes sense to have players cut. And uh, we're going to break some news. Um, the Canadians have just announced Lucas Condotta, Mitchell Stevens, Nicholas Bodin, and Brady Keeper um, have been placed on waivers for the purpose of uh, loaning them to the Laval Rockets. So there's a group of players uh, that will be at camp on uh, on Sunday morning uh, as Laval Rocket open their camp. Yeah, I think some players with a few years under their belts, uh, mostly in uh, lower leagues like the AHL. So I don't think it's a big surprise to see any of those players get cut from the main camp. You're right. And on that note, I think it's a good time to get to our quotes of the week. Uh, This week, we hear from three players at uh, Canadians training camp who are on very different career paths, uh, very different points in their hockey journeys. Uh, To start, uh, John Parker Jones. Well, uh, just a little bit of a background on John Parker Jones. This is a guy who spent some time probably mostly in the ECHL. He got some AHL time as well in Laval last season. He's big. He's uh, probably more of a fighter and a protector type player. And uh, this quote uh, he's talking about uh, how excited he is uh, about finishing his first preseason game. That's like, you know, even though it's just preseason, I don't really look at it that way. Because like I said, this is something I haven't done before. And this is that is definitely like the highest level of hockey I've played in my entire life. So I can take look back at video. I can take the lessons I learned from that, the things that worked, the things that didn't work. And I can contribute that into my game, whether I'm in Laval, I can use that. Whether I've got another chance here at all, right? It's just whatever whatever worked out there, I can take that and whatever didn't work. Uh, do you want me to play that again and slow it down this time? <laughs> he is <Yeah. laughs> he is tremendously excited. Uh, John Parker Jones is six foot seven, I believe. Uh, when he was um, in the press conference, he was about seven and a half feet tall. He was just floating. He was so excited after having played his his first game, and and these are the moments. Uh, this this is we, we were. Uh, mildly criticizing Marty St. Louis' strategy earlier, but these are the kind of moments that happen when Marty gets everybody into a preseason game. John Parker Jones, um, uh, you know, bottom six uh, AHL player and and kind of a tweener. He he may spend some time in Trois-Rivières also this year, Um, but his first chance of playing um, in uh, an, an NHL preseason game um, he's his ceiling. Is he going to make it to the NHL? Probably not. Um, but here he had an opportunity, and he he was a standout in a in a boring game. Um, he was he was a standout. He played well. Um, he that fourth line with Jan Meshack. Uh, I I thought they they had some energy and 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 they played really well. And uh, he was uh, you know just floating on a cloud after the game. Um, and uh, excited for the opportunity that he got. Yeah, excited for the opportunity, excited for being able to go and watch some tape and learn. So you have to feel excited for John Parker Jones as well. And uh, the next uh, bit of audio we have is kind of the opposite of that. Uh, This comes from uh, Caden Primo. Uh, This is going to be a big year for Caden Primo. This is a big uh, preseason for him to try and prove himself. And uh, just listen to him. He's uh, talking about uh, being a calm goaltender. Let me know what you think. Um, uh, I'm a calm goalie. Um, uh, So uh, I try to make the team, uh, you know, feed off of that. Um, You know, when your goalie's up and down, uh, not even kill, um, you know, that the guys can feed off of that vibe and and then your team is kind of out of whack. So, um, you know, just trying to be the, um, that, uh, 
level uh, uh, base back there for the guys. Okay. Um, tense, really tense, um, anxious, just the pressure of the world on him. Um, if you watch that, he's, he's tensing his body, he's tensing his face, he's measuring his words, um, and he's talking about how important it is to be calm as a goaltender. It, it was a real odd juxtaposition of those, you know, what he wanted to say didn't fit with his, his body language. Um, and, and he would just, he's under so much pressure and you can see how uncomfortable he is in his own skin. Um, you know, it, it, a really difficult situation for him. He wants more. Um, he, he maybe has some of the physical tools, uh, to, to get there. He just hasn't put it together mentally. Um, and, and his his performances have been okay, uh, a little bit unspectacular. Uh, on Friday night, um, you know there was a, a a turnover in his own end. So, okay, blame the defenseman for that. But it was it was it was a long shot. It was yeah from from the slot. He had, but the t- high slot, a long shot, a wrist shot, not a dangerous shot. Um, from a player who hadn't scored a goal in the AHL last season. Uh, it was a stoppable puck, and Caden Primo couldn't stop the puck. Um, and and I think that he can be a, a much better goaltender out of the organization than in, in the because the pressure is just immense, and you can see it on the, the poor guy's face every time he's interviewed. And, and this was just such a stunning quote uh, because it didn't match at all. Um, you know, the way he, he appeared. Uh, part of being a goaltender is uh, having that mental struggle and being able to keep yourself in check mentally. And uh, it's a very difficult thing to do. It uh, just sounds like Caden Primo just does not have that at the moment. And we'll talk a little bit about Caden uh, Primo when we get into that second segment. So I think we'll uh, leave that one there. And we'll move on uh, to someone that uh, had a pretty good sense of humor about a mistake he made in the game. Uh, this uh, quote's coming from uh, Logan Mayu. Yeah, it was a bit of both, but uh, I mean, I didn't really need them to. I kind of noticed that right away when I got back to the bench. Uh, maybe you don't ch- forecheck uh, one of the best players in the NHL in the PK. So, uh, so yeah, I definitely uh, learned from that. And you won't see me being uh, F1 on the PK anytime soon, that's for sure. <laughs> So that was um, Logan Mayu, and he, of course he was talking about it was his first preseason game. Uh, he was out on the the penalty kill, and um, for some reason, he was the first guy in on the forecheck, and the guy he was forechecking was Jack Hughes, um, and uh, didn't go well for for Logan. He got back into the zone, um, a mistake by Josh Anderson, and and uh, the it was a power play goal for New Jersey. Um, but I, I just like the way he dealt with that. Um, he was asked, you know, did, did somebody talk to you about that? And he said, yeah, they talked to me on the bench. They talked to me after the game. He said, but I didn't really need, uh, to hear about that, um, from them. I knew exactly that I had made a a mistake and it was just overzealous. Um, he wanted to do well. Um, and it was just, um, you know, Logan Mayu is going to, going to make big plays and he's going to make big mistakes uh it was a very bold move um and uh and it just really stood out and but i really liked the way he he ha- he handled that 
Yeah, I think handling very, very well. Uh, it's a preseason, so uh, I think uh, you can have a little bit of fun with uh, your mistakes, of course. And like you said, this is a young defenseman. Uh, mistakes are going to happen. It's just nice to know that he's brushing it off and learning a lesson from it. And then, and, and then right away, somebody, uh, one of the reporters uh, tossed a French question at him, and, and let's just continue this clip. Yeah, all the wow. reporters stunned, absolutely stunned. Somebody just threw out a question in French to him, um, and he... he batted it right back, handled it really well. Um, he talked, it, it was a question about facing the Leafs. He said, "It was. it's my mom's favorite team. The Leafs are my mom's favorite team, so I really want to beat them. Um, but um, calm, composed, uh, had fun with it, um, being able to think on his feet and to think and, and speak in French. Uh, very impressive uh, really turned some heads uh, in that media availability. Uh, the, the the reporters have a whole new re- respect for Logan Mayu. Yeah, very well done, and he deserves a lot of credit for how he's handled that. And he sounds very comfortable in these interviews, too. That's a, It's not an easy thing for a young player to be able to learn all at once. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll take a look uh, around the league for some hockey news. And uh, there's some familiar names that uh, have been on the waiver wire recently. Uh, Pittsburgh put uh, Rem Pitlick and Xavier Ouellette on there. Both have cleared. And then the New York Rangers have put Alex Belzeal on there. So uh, uh, too bad the Habs missed out on a chance of bringing back one of these guys (laughs) to be a stud in their lineup, right? Yeah. Um, And and I guess uh, the the important part there is that, you know, there were fans saying, why? I I love Rem Rem Pitlick. I I love Alex Belzeal. But, um, you know, weren't able to to make the rosters um, of, of Pittsburgh and of the New York Rangers. Uh, some unfortunate news uh, coming out of Washington. Uh, Joel Edmondson will miss up to six weeks with a fractured hand. Uh, not a great start for him. I uh, kind of feel for him to start the season that way, and uh, injuries just seem to be catching up to him. You know, there were a lot of questions when he was uh, traded. Why didn't um, Kent Hughes get more for him? Well, his his injury issues uh, were part of that equation, um, and there was real concern about his back and could his back hold up for another full game, uh, another full season uh, with the Capitals. Wasn't his back this time? A, a fractured hand, a freak injury um, in the preseason, and and uh, and he'll be out for uh, for a bit. So not too long after Michael and Lauer was officially named the Ottawa Senators' new owner, uh, he got cooking and he brings in Steve Steos uh, as president of hockey operations. Uh, Steos leaves the Oilers' front office, uh, so Ann Lauer brings in one of his guys. He seems to have a good relationship with them, and uh, I guess he'll be there to help out uh, Pierre Dorian. I think some people were expecting Dorian could get to... Uh, the boot, uh, but he'll be around for a little while. And uh, I think it's nice that uh, Steos will be able to come in and bring a different perspective to that organization. Steos is a very smart hockey guy um, and did a good job uh, with the Hamilton Bulldogs. We know that Michael Andelauer 
Um, he 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 owned the the Bulldogs when they were an AHL affiliate, and then um, uh, brought the Belleville um, Bulls to uh, Hamilton and and became uh, the uh, the OHL um, Hamilton Bulldogs. Then on to to Brantford. So. Um, there was an association there and, uh, and Michael Andelauer, this was kind of a, a, a secret that, that everybody knew. And, and, mm-hmm. uh, um, he'll, I, I think this is a really good ad, um, a really strong statement by Michael Andelauer. And, uh, this is probably neither here nor there, but it seems like, uh, that, uh, Patrick Waugh shaved, uh, rumor hasn't really gone anywhere as of yet <laughs> i don't want to put any more fuel to that fire no, but no. Uh, just uh, on the note of ann lauer bringing in some of his guys <laughs> uh ending the segment on a bit more of a difficult uh, topic uh chris nyland has joined boston uh, university's study on uh, cte uh chris nyland's a player who's been in over 300 fights during his pro hockey career over the years he has struggled with uh, some addiction and anger problems and uh, rick i'll uh, let you talk about this in a little bit more detail so cte um it's the brain injury and can um only be detected um so far after death we know uh, a number of of uh, fighters um bob probert and wade belak Todd Ewan, uh, Steve Montador, uh, all diagnosed um, uh, after death uh, with with CTE, and we on our on the podcast last season we talked about Henri Richard. Um, his um, his family had included him in a study to have his brain analyzed. He was um, diagnosed with CTE, um, and he had died in 2020, I believe. Um, and, and interesting connection there is, um, Chris Nyland was part of, of the group that, uh, protected, uh, Henri Richard, not a fighter, um, at all. Um, so uh, this apparently started, uh, with, um, Bob Probert's widow, Danny. Uh, she was a guest on, uh, Chris Nyland's podcast about a year ago. Um, and, you know, Chris, the, the, the fights between Bob Probert and Chris Nyland were legendary. But um, after they retired, they became good friends. Um, and then in 2010, I believe it was um, Bob Probert dying from a heart attack. He was only 45 years old. Um, Danny, his widow, donated um, his brain to have it studied. He was diagnosed with CTE. Um, and as part of the study, um, they... Danny was asked questions about about Bob and a lot of questions, very detailed questions about uh, the fights that he was in and and how he felt afterwards and all that sort of thing. um, She couldn't answer. Um, And so she pleaded with Chris Nylon uh, to answer those questions now uh, while he could to to aid the the study. So um, Chris Nylon Chris Nyland um, in the spring joined uh, this Boston University study uh, on CTE, uh, and it's it's um, it's called the Hope Study. They had been working on dementia patients, and then they broadened into to CTE, um, and uh, very very intensive. Involved a, a, a long questionnaire, um, and they talked about on page sixty eight of the questionnaire. So you know it's it's very comprehensive. Um, They asked Chris, have you ever injured your head or neck in a fight? Or have you ever been hit by someone? 
Um, and so pretty basic question, as you said, Chris, um, more than 300 fights. So uh, kind of an expert on the topic. Um, and so he went through this, this, uh, uh, questionnaire. He also, uh, participated in some, uh, MRIs. Um, and then, uh, the study was able to give him some results. Um, and, uh, and, and that must have been tense, waiting for the results. Um, as I said, CTE not able to be diagnosed um, un, until postmortem, but uh, they were giving him some um, ranges of, of where he um, where he had uh, where he landed on on the on the tests. And so uh, his fiance Jamie Holtz and, and Chris had had got together. And they, um, in, in the podcast studio, the Knuckles Nyland podcast studio, they waited for these results. And uh, the results were that he was within all the normal uh, ranges uh, for his age, for his uh, education level, for his gender, um, with respect to uh, cognitive tests, the memory tests, uh, the motor tests that they had done with him. Um, so all good news. Uh, but w- what a career... Chris Nyland was a courageous player, uh, but continuing to be continuing that courage uh, to help uh, this study and um, an excellent article in the New York Times about uh, all of this. Um, and just want to salute and take, as you said, a tough topic, but there's some good news here uh, is that progress is being made and that Chris Nyland is helping to advance uh, the, the knowledge base, um, the study uh, on this issue uh, to be able to, to learn more about it. Um, and maybe then those results can be presented to Gary Bettman who denies any kind of connection uh, and, uh, and we can see some real change. Yeah, very courageous and uh, truly amazing that uh, he's donated some of his time towards this and uh, made it uh, kind of public as well. So good on Chris Nyland for that. So coming up, we'll hear a message from our sponsors, DraftKings, and uh, then we'll get to our big topic segment, and we'll get to our five que- or our ten uh, pressing questions for this year. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. We are back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, LA. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. 
See sportsbook.draftkings.com football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella. You can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. With me in the studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter at Rocket Sports. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and check out the website CanadiansConnection.fm. Also, just a little reminder here to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on your favorite podcasting app. That way you mi- never miss a single episode. And, well, this is going to be a pretty jam-packed and fun segment. Lots to talk about, as we said. Uh, the expectations bar is being raised for the Montreal Canadiens in the 2023-24 season. While management does not want to use the, p- the P word, and uh, the P word being playoffs, <laughs> uh, they have not ruled out the possibility of a breakthrough. Uh, that said, uh, it's likely once again that Habs fans will uh, have to maybe lower their expectations, uh, be a little bit uh, more realistic. Uh, the primary objective here this season is going to be development of Montreal's young core and players. Training camp is currently underway, and uh, a number of key is- issues remain unanswered. In this segment, we will present to you our 10 burning questions for the Montreal Canadiens in the 2023-24 season. Longtime listeners will remember last season, uh, episode 210, we presented our 10 most pressing questions. And some of these questions are still unanswered, and uh, they graduated over to the burning questions. So uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, Rick, are you excited to get this one underway? I am. And and we're not going to have uh, a lot of answers here because these are things that are, are going to play out. They're going to play out over uh, during training camp, over the, the course of the season. Um, but we're, we're just highlighting these because they're, they're important and they're things to watch on and they're things that we know that... Um, Jeff Gordon and the management team is is looking at, um, and and we're going to be looking and, and watching uh, them very closely as well. Some of them will be resolved by the end of training camp. Uh, some of them won't be. Yeah, and I think some of these could even go into next season as well, like <laughs> yeah. you said. So let's uh, start things off here. Our number one question here. Which talented, which talented young forwards will make opening night roster? Uh, we uh, put out a few different options here, but it's not limited to this. Uh, Raphael Harvey-Pinard, uh, I believe he's not waiver eligible. Yissa Ulanen, who does require waivers. Uh, Owen Beck, uh, I think the options for him would be junior or NHL, unless he gets uh, exemplary status and is able to play in the AHL. Emil Heinemann, uh, Elias Anderson, Sean Farrell, Riley Kidney, and Joshua Waugh. So, um, of course, Raphael Harvey Bernard is going to make it. Of course he is. He's played so well. Look the way he played last. Okay, we get that. We we get it. <laughs> we get it. Um, but as you said, an important part of this is a puzzle, putting together a puzzle. Um, some of this is going to depend on what happens with Caden Primo. How does Caden Primo decision to um, affect the forwards? Well, the overall roster complement has to be, um, there's, you know, the number, the 23 number. Um, and if they keep an extra goalie, it means they're going to have to keep 
uh, one less defenseman or keep one less forward. And four other forwards have been added to that mix uh, that that uh, that help make it a logjam, like Tanner Pearson. So, um, you know, it um, is it because of of um, he doesn't deserve to be on the team that Raphael Harvey Pinard would be sent to Lavelle? No, uh, maybe not. But um, yeah, he he has that waiver exempt protection that would allow them to do that. Um, who on here has really has really stood out at camp? Uh, Leah Anderson, not really. Emil Heineman, he. He's looked very good at times, uh, especially when he was um, up with the top line, uh, and then maybe faded a little bit. Uh, Yessa Ullinen has, uh, what you're going to get from him is is effort, uh, tremendous. Every time he's on the ice, um, he's going to give you his, his full effort. Um, he has played on the power play, he's played on the PK, um, but n- not a lot of results there. Um Riley Kidney, a very skilled player, uh, stood out maybe in, in uh, at times, but um, but when it gets rugged, not there. Joshua Wap, offensive player um, who who is spectacular, and then you don't see for two periods. Um, Owen Beck, who who looks like a one of the uh, established players already, he doesn't look like a player who's just graduated from junior, but he could go back to junior. Um, so, and Sean Farrell, I, I don't know that we've seen a, a lot, uh, from Sean Farrell. So there's question marks around all of these players, um, which, which makes us ask, uh, which of these young forwards is going to make that opening night roster? Um, we know that, that, uh, part of the equation is that, um, Christian Dvorak is not going to be back. Um, he's not going to be taking a spot, um, so put all that in your mixer, and you tell us who you think uh, is going to make uh, the opening night roster from this group of forwards. Yeah, as of now, I feel like that's about as clear as mud. And, uh, <laughs> we'll find out. And uh, just because one of these players does make it onto the opening night roster doesn't mean that a different player might end up playing more NHL games. So this could uh, be something for the long run as well. For sure. And our second question, I think this kind of connects to what we just asked, uh, but we are asking, can Uri Slavkovsky establish himself as a full-time top six forward in the NHL? Well, uh, last season in his rookie campaign, he got 39 games before injury. He scored four goals, 10 assists, and he put up uh, 33 penalty minutes. He was a minus 13. I think overall we were quite underwhelmed by his rookie campaign. He spent most of that on the fourth line as well. Uh, He got a few looks in the top six, but uh, those were very short-lived. And to be honest, uh, so far in this training camp, he's had maybe a couple moments, but you mentioned uh, a player that, uh, you know, comes out, he looks good for a little bit and then disappears for two periods. I think with Uri Slavkovsky, he'll have one or two moments and then he'll disappear here for a few games even um what are your thoughts on this one rick yeah i think w- what we want to see is um yuri slavkovsky use his talent um his his what we were promised is that he was going to be an intimidating imposing player he was going to be hard on the forecheck he was going to be difficult for defensemen to handle 
Um, he's got a good shot. He needs to shoot more. And, and all of those things uh, were the reason that the Montreal Canadiens selected him uh, first overall. Uh, has he shown um, glimpses of that? Maybe not so much that, uh, last year, um, but, but a, uh, maybe a little bit more uh, in, in training camp. Uh, but to be a top six forward, you have to show that every night. Um, and, and maybe, um, can he, can he achieve, uh, can he be uh, a full-time top six forward in the NHL by the end of this season? Um, or is it going to be next season? Uh, that's it for the Can- Montreal Canadiens, uh, to this rebuild depends on, on the draft picks that they make panning out. Um, and Uri Slavkovsky has got to be one of those who is a, a huge success success story and um, easy for you to say. And um, uh, that's, that's got to happen and it's got to happen in, in uh, now Jeff Gordon said, be patient. So over the course of the year, will it happen? Is it into next year? That's, that's what we're asking. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, his talent is the way he's going to be able to establish himself. I hear a lot about the size and the strength. I, I love size. I love strength in a hockey player. He's not going to be a Kachuk. I-, I I think it would be a disappointment if Uri Slavkovsky ended up being the guy that battles in front of the net. I think he can be more than that. And uh, one of the things, too, is his skating, uh, struggling to keep up, especially when playing with uh, fast players. You're going to get fast players in that top six. So he certainly has a lot of work cut out for him. We'll, uh, we know he put a lot of uh, work in the offseason. We'll see if any of that does pay off uh, come time in the regular season. Yeah. Uh, question three, uh, will Alex Newhook reach his full depend- full potential and be worth his huge acquisition price? So if you remember, he was uh, worth a late first and a very early second and uh, so far, his NHL career, it's uh, not been great. This is a guy that was drafted kind of in the middle of the first round by the Colorado Avalanche, has not lived up to expectations. Last season in 82 games, he uh, got 14 goals, 16 points, 30 points. That's okay. Uh, maybe not uh, what you wanted from Alex Newhook. I think he could be a little bit more than that. He'll be given some opportunities, and I think this is going to be about, uh, well, a little bit about what Alex Newhook can do, and also, uh, does Marty St. Louis honestly just have a magic wand? <laughs> um, yeah, for for two full seasons in the NHL, um, he's averaging 30 points, just over 30 points, um, and for a 16th overall pick, that's certainly not good enough. Um, but was what was the situation in Colorado? A tremendous team, lots of talent there. Was he pushed to the bottom of the lineup? No, he was given opportunities. He just didn't produce when he got those opportunities. He'll have a much longer leash uh, in Montreal. He'll have the 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 Marty St. Louis magic wand, um, you know, tapped on him uh, several times this season. Um, and you know, can this be a diamond in the rough? Uh, discovery again um, by Jeff Gorton and Kent Hughes. Uh, it has to be for the the Canadians to uh, accelerate this this rebuild. Well, the last diamond in the rough uh, that Marty St. Louis Magic Wand worked on was a Kirby Doc, and that's uh, right into our next question here. Can Kirby Doc fulfill the expectations of a third overall pick and thrive as a team's full time second line center? 
I believe we had, if not a very similar question uh, last season uh, when we were doing these. Um, and he played pretty well uh, since coming to Montreal uh, in uh, 58 games. He's put up 38 points. Uh, he's come in to be the second line center for a part of the season anyway, although he spent quite a bit of time on the wing with uh, Suzuki and Caulfield. I think he's looked good. He's looked good in camp. You can see his size is good. His skating is good. The skill is there. He can be defensively responsible. Let's see it for a full season, and uh, let's just let the guy, let's let him cook. I don't think he's really, he's not established himself as a full-time second-line center just for the reason that I think uh, they bounced him around quite a bit on the roster last year. Yeah, and that was unfortunate. Uh, Marty St. Louis looking for a player who could complement uh, Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. They needed a player who was uh, defensively responsible, uh, who is would be able to go in and and dig the puck, um, and and Kirby Doc was able to do all of that. But was he best used there? No, I don't think so. Uh, for this trade, for for the trade that they made to work out uh, to to get the full value out of it, uh, you you have to let Kirby Doc reach his potential as a center. Uh, and let's hope that um, that he's placed there uh, from the start of the season and and uh, gets to um, immerse himself as a center and and be a a, a, a dominant center, be a, again be a, an imposing player, a player who can intimidate because of of uh, his willingness to use his size and speed. Um, and and let's see that for a full season. Yeah, and we've said a lot of good things about Kirby Doc there. A couple things that I do want to see from him this season. I want to see his offensive production go up, and I want to see fewer penalties taken. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of a struggle for him, and I think that's why he had, hadn't really had an opportunity to fully establish himself. And uh, on the faceoff, um, we need yeah. to see his per- percentage going up. We we see some uh, positive uh, results in uh, the the preseason so far, but remember the Canadians have not been playing against. Uh, he yeah. hasn't been playing against a legitimate uh, second line center uh, so far. Uh, if he is paired with uh, Sean Monahan, at least uh, you know they can both take the faceoffs on the strong side, and that might be helpful. Really like to see uh, that pairing uh, continue uh, through the regular season. And what about uh, his former line mates in uh, Suzuki and Caulfield? Are Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield elite-level core pieces of a Stanley Cup contender? This one's going to be ongoing. So far, uh, I think Caulfield has been a really good goal scorer. He's not played an entire NHL season yet, but despite that, he's had great success when healthy and without Dominic Ducharme around. Uh, Last season, uh, he got 26 goals. He seemed to be on pace for over 40 uh, so if he can keep that up and he can stay healthy, I think that's a really gem of a piece there. Maybe one of the best young snipers in the league. As for uh, Suzuki, uh, I think he's been the best hab overall for the last few seasons. Uh, but I think there's still some question as to whether or not he is that true number one center. Uh, just uh, I did a quick comparison of his numbers last season to some of the other number one centers in the uh, in the Atlantic division. Uh, the only other number one center he had more points than was Patrice Bergeron. 
I feel like that's probably not a great comparison, though, as we know Bergeron, more of a defensively responsible guy, and he just retired, so he's a little bit older. So you want to see Suzuki continue to improve. He got to 66 points uh, last year in 82 games. Let's see those numbers go up. Um, you know, you had uh, guys like Stutzla and uh, Matthews and Barkov and Braden Point in this division. If he can get anywhere close to what their numbers are, then great. I think we have a great duo, but uh, I think both still need to develop. Michael, I can't believe you asked this question. Um, Uh-oh. These, these are two guys who are media darlings. They're fan favorites. They're the face of the Montreal Canadiens, and yet we're asking if they can be elite core pieces of a Stanley Cup contender. Well... Yeah, and and truth be told, I contributed this question because it's a question <laughs> that uh, fans quietly, mind you, but but ask us um, because uh, you know, sure, in in some sectors or sacred cows, they 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 are the face of the team. They're fun. They're they're committed to Montreal. They love playing in Montreal. However. Um, when we get to the point, when the team gets to the point, when we follow this, this rebuild to where, um, Gordon and, and, uh, Hughes want to take it. That is being a perennial Stanley cup contender. Are these two guys, the ones who can lead a, a top line, um, in that direction? And, and the answer, if they were to per, uh, perform as they're performing now, the answer is no, definitely not. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Suzuki has to be a point of game player uh, if he's going to be in that role. Um, and Cole Caulfield has to, yes, he has to score on the pace that he's on, but he has to play uh, close to 82 games. So um, this is something, again, this is, isn't something that's going to be answered very, um, very quickly. It's something we have to keep an eye on. And, and I think we need to be honest. Um, we're not, we're not, criticizing we're not saying they're not good guys we're not saying they aren't committed to the team we're not saying any of those things we're just being realistic that come that time when the the Montreal Canadiens are at the top of the standings year in and year out um, will um, will it be Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield uh, leading the pack yeah I think those are all great points that you bring up too not for, I hope I don't go too far away from what we're actually talking about when I say this, but this is why I do enjoy going and watching some of those Stanley Cup contenders play just to see what they have in the tank. That's right. And try to compare a little bit to, and just because uh, Suzuki and Caulfield might not live up to that right now, doesn't mean they're not on their way. They're both young and developing. So you want to see, uh, like you said, Suzuki develop into point per game, if not more. You have to see Caulfield continue that scoring pace in an 82-game season that doesn't uh, get uh, cut uh, unexpectedly due to injuries or whatever reason. So uh, this is still an ongoing question. Of course, we both like these players. I think they're still the two best players on the team right now. Uh, Let's just see how this develops and when this team gets good, are they still going to be the two best players, I think is what we're asking. Exactly. Uh, moving on to defensemen, uh, who are the seven defensemen who will make the opening night roster? They have a lot of players in the tank right now. Uh, there's Michael Matheson, David Savard, Jordan Harris, David Reinbacher, uh, Gustav Lindstrom, Justin Barron, Caden Gooley, Arbor Jack Guy, uh, Jonathan Kovacevic, Chris Weidman's currently injured, and there are other options available as well. This is... 
this is going to be interesting to see how this goes. For sure. And again, um, who are the defensemen? Who Question six, who are the seven defensemen who will make the opening night roster? Uh, could be changed to who are the six defensemen uh, who will make the opening night roster, depending on what happens with Caden Gooley. Uh, they may only carry six defensemen. How can they carry six defensemen? Uh, what if an injury happens on the road? Well, uh, until the end of October, the Canadians don't have any lengthy road trips. It's just in and out. Um, so for the first couple of weeks of the season, possible. Um, it's you know it's not not what you want to do, but with Chris Weidman, uh, the seventh defenseman, who he, he may be the seventh defenseman when he comes back uh, out, uh, it's something possible. So could we have a Matheson Gooley, Jackai Savard, Harris Kovacevic? Um, and and send Baron to uh, the uh, the AHL to to Laval. Uh, that's possible. Or uh, we're still waiting to see uh, whether one of the the other defensemen um, you know proves himself, stands out uh, in the preseason uh, to make the case that they should be added ahead of one of those guys I mentioned. And continuing along on the topic of defensemen, our next question here is. Which recall defenseman from Laval will have an extended stay with the big club? Um, we have a few options for you as well. Uh, Justin Barron, William Trudeau, uh, Logan Mayu, Jordan St- Jaden Struble, Gustav Lindstrom, Matthias Norlander. Or do you have any thoughts on this one? I think that these are all legitimately good prospects and guys that do have potential to play in some NHL games this season. William Trudeau looked pretty good in the rookie camp um, and, and wore the C there. Um, is it conceivable that he could be recalled for, uh, for a game or two this season? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jaden Struble, uh, at times, very physical. Um, might you want to bring him up for, for a game or so? Uh, Gustav Lindstrom, I don't, I don't think we've seen anything yet, uh, only appearing in one preseason game. Um, Matthias, Matthias Norlander, uh, plays really well, offensive-minded when there's not uh, when there's not contact. Uh, Justin Barron, um, he's got the inside track, um, perhaps. Although he wasn't very good uh, on Friday night um, against uh, the, the Toronto on a, against a depleted Toronto Maple Leafs squad. Um, Logan Mayu, um, he's going to be he's going to be recalled uh, for sure um, this year. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, is he the one that's going to make an extended stay? It's it's not, are they going to be recalled, but are they going to be recalled and stay for a period of time? And, of course, that's going to depend on injuries and, and whatnot uh, as well. But uh, an interesting grouping there to pick one uh, to say they will play the most games in the NHL this season. Yeah, and looking back at last season, uh, Barron had a bit of an extended look. Uh, he got into 39 games. Uh, Gustav Lindstrom had an extended look with the Detroit Red Wings as well, getting into 36 games. Uh, I I was pretty impressed with what Barron was able to do last season <laughs> when he had the opportunity. I think Lindstrom has been considered a little bit lackluster in Detroit. So again, just something to keep in mind. And honestly, I think any of these guys could emerge as that guy that comes up and stays with the big club for a while. Yeah. Uh, taking a look at the goaltending situation, our next question is, where will Caden Primo make the majority of his starts this season? Montreal, Laval, or somewhere else? Last season, he got into three NHL games. He had 41 AHL starts, uh, some a- some uh, injury issues, 
And, uh, of course, uh, there's that uh, bomb that Darren Dreger dropped. Uh, reportedly, the Habs front office are worried about losing a goalie on waivers, so they might be re- willing to retain three of them on the NHL roster. Yeah, or willing to trade one of them, trade another goalie, traded Casey DeSmith uh, a few weeks back, brought in, bringing in Tanner Pearson and, and uh, uh, could be interested in that respect. Um I don't know what to, to really take from uh, the Montreal Canadiens, um, you know, where, which direction they're going to go in. Um, I think for, for Caden Primo, who's had um, an average um, uh, career in the AHL and uh, an unspectacular career in the NHL, um, that I think for his benefit, and when we played the clip early, uh, it's time for him to move to a or- new organization if that comes via trade. If it comes uh, with him being placed on waivers, um, you know, do the Canadians, are they going to be upset if he's claimed without getting anything back? I don't know. I, th- I think that uh, if they, they, they can see what's going on with the young man, uh, they can see that, that he's just being tormented um, by being in, in Montreal, um, uh, by himself, really, he's in his own head, um, and uh, um, you know, we had a podcast earlier this summer. You, you should go back and listen to some of those. We had Marty Baron on, a great guest, and he had some really great things to um, to breaking down um, Caden Primo's uh, uh, his, his lack of progress. Um, and you should go back and listen to to Marty Baron who. Is a um, who studies goaltenders and and uh, he said that the Canadians they should place him on waivers and they shouldn't be concerned if he's um, if he's if he's picked up and listen if he isn't um, it's it's tough to uh, there's so many players getting squeezed through the waivers system um, at this time of year he might squeeze through and end up back in Laval and and a, a tandem of of Caden Primo. And Jakob Dobis, as long as Jakob Dobis gets at least half the starts, I don't think anybody would be too upset with that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you alluded to this on another recent podcast. There are some teams out there looking for goalies. Colorado's made it known. We now know that uh, Tampa's not going to have Vasilevsky for a while. If either of those teams or any other team call and they ask about Primo, Montebo, or Allen, you got to yes. listen. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Say yes. <laughs> so we'll uh, go on to our next question before we start spreading too many rumors. Um, <laughs> the question here is, who is the next NHL veteran traded or put on waivers by Kent Hughes? Uh, a few options here. Tanner Pearson, David Savard, Josh Anderson, Christian Dvorak, Jake Evans, Sean Monahan. I threw in Weidman, a goalie, and Armia as well. We might even know how this plays out before the season starts. Uh, we know uh, last year uh, Ken Hughes talked about uh, getting plenty of offers on Josh Anderson, uh, so that's still uh, definitely something that's going to be in the rumor mill. For sure, and and the key here, which veteran player is it going to be? Yeah. Um, I, th- I think it's clear that uh, David Savard is not going to finish his contract uh, in Montreal, um, and, and he'll be moved uh, to, to get a, a piece back, a, an asset back. Um, and, and Josh Anderson, um, you know, he, he, when he plays well, he, he looks great. Uh, and then he disappears for a while. Christian Dvorak has been a shell of himself, uh, in Montreal. 
wouldn't be surprised to to see him move on. Sean Monahan, if he can have a a great season at the trade deadline, uh, he brings back a, another piece. Tanner Pearson, um, you know, is is he traded? Maybe not. Uh, but uh, we remember the Vancouver Canucks were intending uh, to um, put him on waivers so they could send him to Abbotsford. Will Kent Hughes, just after acquiring him, uh, expose Tanner Pearson to waivers? So uh, the question here is, who is the next NHL veteran player who's going to be put on waivers or traded? Um, and uh, we want to hear from you. Who do you think it's going to be? And we get to our final question, uh, and this question is, Jeff Gordon announced several changes in the offseason to rebuild the medical team. Will the Canadians be less impacted by injuries than last year? In that department, I don't think they're off to a very good start uh, with the Vorak being out, with Weidman being out. Um, they led uh, the league in man games lost uh, for a couple of seasons now. And uh, we mentioned uh, over the course of the off season and even into last week, uh, they've made a lot of changes to that medical staff. Uh, Rick, where do you stand on this one? A lot of changes to the medical staff, including the, the, the chief medical uh, physician, um, the, the, the head um, of, of the, uh, physiotherapy area, all of that. They've made major changes, brought in some new equipment, as we told you last week. I, I think I have seen some change in that Mike Matheson, out for precautions. Um, we're not putting him in there. Um, Christian Dvorak, out a little bit longer than we expected. Uh, Chris Weidman, the same. Um, it's I think in the past, players have been rushed back in. Uh, we saw that with Monaghan and then then sustaining a different injury. Um, I think the Canadians are going to be far more cautious. Um, and, uh, and in doing so, uh, that number, um, you know, it, it, if that number doesn't, it's going to improve. It's going to improve. Part of it was, was luck as well. Bad luck the last two seasons. So I expect that number to improve. But um, if you're keeping guys out to make sure they're fully ready before they go back and that number um, balloons because of it, then then I think that's a good thing. So that uh, brings us to the end of our 10 questions, or 10 burning questions going into this season. But you know what, Rick? Uh, I think we have a nice little surprise and a bonus question. Why not? Yeah. Our, our listeners deserve it. They've been loyal with it. They've been downloading the podcast uh, in, in huge numbers over the summer. Uh, so we're going to give them a bonus. And I like a nice round number 11 question. So All right. let's get to it. Uh, which Canadians prospect in this CHL, NCAA, or Europe will make the biggest impact this season? A uh, few options along the way here in the CHL. You have Florian Jackai and Quentin Miller. In the NCAA, you have Lane Hudson and Jacob Fowler. Over in Europe, you have Adam Engstrom and David Reinbacker. There are lots of options to this as well. Uh, we might find out some more options uh, if there are cuts uh, to the camp. And uh, we want to hear from you what your thoughts are on this one. Absolutely. Jeff Gordon mentioned Adam Engstrom. David Reinbacker, we're including in there. We're making an assumption. No, he hasn't been sent uh, there. Um, he, he could stay with the Canadians. We're making an assumption that he's going to be back with his team in Cloton. Um, Jacob Fowler, um, the, uh, the quote machine, uh, in the NCAA is going to have his, his work cut out, cut out for him moving from, um, the USHL to the NCAA Lane Hudson, who set a ton of records, 
uh, last year, uh, expecting him to have a great season. Florian Jacki um, liked him in rookie camp. Um, he's bigger, stronger, faster. Uh, we'll see what he does. And uh, the goalie in the queue, uh, Quentin Miller with the Quebec Remparts. Um, yeah, one thing's for certain. Uh, we're going to tell you all about these players. We're going to have our eyes on them and all of the Montreal Canadiens prospects wherever they may play. And because we love asking questions so much, uh, one last thing before we head into our final break, our Canadians Connection question of the week, a question we're asking all of our listeners, who has impressed and who has disappointed you uh, the most so far this preseason? We want to make sure we hear from you, and we'll get to some thoughts from our listeners in this next segment, but it's time to take our break first. Uh, stay with us. You are listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The Rocket Sports Media team wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, log in to thn.com slash Montreal, your year-round source for anything Habs-related. That's thn.com slash Montreal. Welcome back to episode 263 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Please make sure you're following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and you can check out the website canadiansconnection.fm. Also, feel free to reach out and text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line. 5853ROCKET is the number. That's 5853ROCKET. And that was a pretty fun uh, second segment that we did there. Lots of questions going into the season and plenty of things to have to keep up to date with. And Rick, uh, for all our Canadians coverage, uh, I believe we have it all in one place. And where can people find that? Have you heard? We're uh, part of the Hockey News. We look after the Hockey News Montreal. THN.com slash Montreal. THN 
thehockeynews.com slash Montreal. Um, if you go there, remember in previous years, we've had uh, some of our content spread out, uh, some of the AHL contract uh, content and and uh, prospect content spread around. No, one place, thn.com slash Montreal. It's all the Canadians coverage. And when we say Canadians coverage, that's for the entire organization, including AHL, ECHL, prospects, all in one place. I'm going to say it one last time because you need to bookmark this thn.com slash Montreal. You can also find us on YouTube. Uh, just head over to our YouTube channel, search at all Habs, and you will be able to pull that up. On there, you will be able to find the Habs Hockey Report show. That's hosted by Amy Johnson. Uh, she puts out a new episode every week, and uh, this latest episode is entitled Gold Caulfield is Back, Five Takeaways from Habs versus Sens. So if you like Cole Caulfield, if you like the Habs, if you like the rivalry between the Habs and the Sens, that's an episode for you. So tune in, watch all our episodes. She does a fantastic job. And uh, leave a comment if you have any questions or you want to get involved in the conversation there. Uh, leave a like, hit that subscribe button, and never miss a single episode. Also, we started putting this podcast in the feed on YouTube. You might even be listening to me say this while you're listening on YouTube. <laughs> but for those who are not aware, uh, you can head over there if uh, you like this podcast, and uh, you can check it out as well. Uh, you'll see both mine and uh, Rick's uh, amazing faces on there as well, some pretty amazing graphics as well. So uh, like I said, make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave a like on all the videos that you like, and uh, don't hesitate to leave a comment and get engaged in the conversation. If you have YouTube um on all day long, maybe you're at the office, uh, maybe you're you're studying, uh, maybe you're you're in class. Um, then then make sure that uh, our YouTube channel is part of of your uh, listening um, for the for the week. And and yes, you can find our podcast there as well as um, as Michael will tell you on any podcast uh, network. Yeah, we actually have two Rocket Sports Radio podcasts to talk about. First and foremost, The Press Zone. You can find every single episode of that at thepresszone.fm. Uh, this is going to be your inside source to everything Montreal Canadiens prospects, AHL, Laval Rocket. If you want to keep up with that, uh, make sure you tune into that every single Tuesday. That's when the episodes come out. Hosted by Amy Johnson, our AHL guru, Patrick Williams, and sometimes Rick Stevens will step in there as well. So that's a can't-miss podcast. Also, this podcast, uh, you can find every single episode at CanadiansConnection.fm if you've ever missed any. And you sub can subscribe to it on any of your favorite podcasting apps, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to be here every single Saturday. We were here every Saturday throughout the summer. Now that we have the season underway, you can continue to listen to us and we'll give you all the updates and topics that you want to hear about. And Rick, I believe that we are recruiting for the Rocket Sports team. Uh, if people are interested in uh, joining the Rocket Sports team, what's the best way for them to reach out to us? Now, if you've been listening, you've heard me uh, mention a, a, a website and uh, join our team and uh, submit it that way. If you haven't, listen, if you submit something to us, we're going to respond to you. If you haven't heard uh, back from us, uh, then we're going to ask you to, to uh, contact us again. Understand uh, that Apple products don't really like uh, the forms that we've been using, uh, and uh, so the information has gone into the ether. So uh, reach out to us and, and just send us an email. Um, hello at rocketsportsmedia.com or send us a text at 5853 Rocket and say, Listen, you, you got a good thing going there. 
I want to, I want to contribute. I want to help out. I want to be involved. I want to get some experience and tell us a little bit about yourself. You can do it. Hello at rocketsportsmedia.com or 5853rocket. So now we'll get to our Canadians Connection question of the week. You've heard it a few times. I'll reiterate it one more time. And that is, who has impressed and who has disappointed you the most so far this preseason? We want to make sure that we hear from you. Uh, I just told you the Rocket Sports text line. But Rick, if people have a little bit more to say, how they can, how can they email us? Email us at hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. Hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. And throughout the week, we get tons of messages, tons of comments, texts, emails, and whatnot. And uh, we'd like to highlight uh, some of those uh, on this segment right now. And uh, we got a nice message from Leo. Uh, This is in regards to episode uh, 262, uh, entitled Full Camp, Few Few Chairs, Big Decisions. And, uh, well, Leo sent us a nice long message, a really interesting one as well. Uh, We did talk about uh, Bogdan Knushkov a couple times on this podcast and uh, that previous podcast. They heard us talk about it, and uh, they joined in and uh, let us know that uh, it's uh, understanding that uh, Knushkov joined a team unlike any other, both in Europe and North America. Igor Larionov uh, declares that he is uh, nothing less wants nothing less than to change hockey. Igor Larionov being uh, Knushkov's coach over in the KHL. Uh, and uh, Leo goes on to talk about the system. Well, what kind of system is this? Larionov preaches the importance of working with the puck. He completely rejects physical training. Igor calls mean, calls it meaningless running around. Hockey players must gain physical condition through games and nothing else. And I like that, uh, actually. That's very good uh, from Igor Larionov. Was there any uh, other parts of this that you wanted to highlight there, Rick? Well, it's just the, um, uh, the creativity uh, that, um, that uh, Larionov encourages creativity um, and, um, and, and to and the, the swarming aspect of, of how he is able to um, um, control the, the game, control the puck, and then allow his uh, players to be um, creative on the offensive side of the puck. Um, and uh, uh, Leo says, losing the puck is not a tragedy, but just part of the game. Uh, what does it mean for Knushkov? Um, do the players need a player from such an unusual system? Uh, and then he says uh, that uh, that. that that it's it's an assumption, uh, but but Montreal shouldn't rush to bring him over. And 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 as we've already said, they're not going to because he's he's going to be three years uh, in uh, the uh, the KHL. Um, very fascinating. Uh, this sent to our email sent to hello at rocketsportsmedia.com from uh, your devoted listener Leo, um, and he said this is what I can add to your discussion, and we really appreciate everyone who adds to our discussion. Uh, this one in particular, when you get an email and the uh, address is in a Cyrillic text, um, the Russian, um, you know you got something, I think. And so we're happy to have this message and happy to have it in English, by the way, from Leo. Yeah, and uh, make sure when you do reach out to us, uh, let us know who we're talking to. We want to know your first name and uh, where you're from. And uh, if we like uh, your message, well, we like most of the messages, but uh, there are certain ones that we do like to highlight and uh, just uh, let us know who you are, where you're from, and uh, we'll read and talk a little bit about it on air. 
So coming up this week, uh, we have a couple more preseason games to get to. Uh, starting on today, Saturday, September the 29th, uh, Toronto comes into Montreal uh, for a 7 p.m. Kind of a, another Toronto B squad. Uh, dressing uh, for Montreal, you're going to get Caulfield, Suzuki, and Newhook on the top line. Uh, that second line is going to be built of Harvey Pinard, Doc, and Slavkovsky. That's going to be interesting. We're going to get a glimpse of Gouli next to Reinbacker. That's going to be cool, too. And, of course, uh, Montembeau and Dobis will be the two goalies dressing for that. After that, they get uh, a day off. Uh, and then on October the 2nd, uh, Montreal is going to go to Toronto. So that's another 7 p.m. start. So that uh, Toronto-Montreal rivalry, I guess that's uh, going in full force, isn't it? And I think that we'll see a very different... Um, the Toronto uh, squad has been... Uh, it's been been three games in a row that uh, the Canadians have seen um, the Toronto Maple Leafs, but I think very different Toronto Maple Leafs uh, team uh, on the Monday. Uh, I think we're going to see a more talented lineup um, for, at home uh, by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, so those are the the two preseason games um, that we're looking forward to by the end of Monday. As I said, five of six games will be completed in the preseason, and so uh, the staff, the coaching staff, will be getting down to their final decisions. Something else we're going to watch, and I think uh, both Michael and I, I'm going to speak for you here, uh, Michael, that we're watching, we're on the watch for the the Jared Davidson um, entry-level contract signing. We want to see him sign to an ELC. Yeah, give him more minutes. Uh, I think in one of the games he got like less than eight minutes, so give Jared Davidson some more minutes. I think uh, he deserves it quite a bit. Yeah. So that's going to be a wrap for us today. Uh, thank you all for tuning in and listening. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on any of your favorite podcasting apps. You can also share it on social media if you like what you heard. Enjoy the week. We'll be back here next Saturday, October the 7th for another great episode. Thank you all for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rocket Sports.